everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 244 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Whether it's training for a new goal, a race, a level of consistency, a speed or distance, we as runners are often starting new training plans. So today we're talking about where to start, whether that means where to start running, where to start your new plan or where you want to go next. This is the Real Life Runners podcast and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so before we get started, just a quick announcement. If you are looking to hit the reset button on your running, if you want to understand a way to run easier and get better results, we are excited because we have a new program ready for you called the Five Day Running Reset. And you can sign up for that for free over at the website right now at realliferunners.com forward slash reset. So head over there. If you are someone who has been struggling with your running, if you feel like you just kind of need a reset, if you want that easy button, remember that old easy button from Staples, those commercials? commercials? Yeah. If you ever felt like you need an easy button for your running, here's the button. I've got a button for you. Okay. So... We will guide you through five days of helping you learn how to reset your thinking about your running and also reset how running feels in your body, teaching you how to tap in to how running feels so that you can start to understand how to adjust running to feel better in your body, with your goals, with your lifestyle, with everything that you want to accomplish out of running. Because as you guys probably know from listening to this podcast, everything that you do in your running starts in your mind. It starts about, it starts with the way that you are thinking about your running. And so that's really what we help you to do in this five day running reset. We help you to start thinking about your running differently. So if you're struggling with consistency, whether that's consistency with your running or consistency with doing the other things, right? Like as runners, we know, you know, you guys hear us talk about this every week, you know, we're supposed to be strength training and we're supposed to be doing speed work and the, the long distance runs and all these different things that we're supposed to do. So if you are just finding yourself frustrated and not making the progress that you want to make and you're ready for a reset, head over to our website, realliferunners.com forward slash reset and join our five day running reset today so we can help you with resetting that and and starting to find the joy in your running again and starting to just feel better about your running and really just enjoy the running because that's that's so much of what we want out of this yes it's great if you're out there and you're setting a personal best but if you're smiling while you're doing it if you're enjoying it that's a massive win to begin with yeah I mean you guys know us by now like yes we are all about performance we want you to be able to perform your best but if you are sacrificing your health and your happiness and other things in your life for the sake of performance, is that really worth it for you? And this running reset will just kind of help you get clear on that. It'll help you understand like why you are a runner, why you're running in the first place, how to incorporate the things that will actually make a difference, the things that are actually going to move you forward in your running. Okay. So head over to the website and join that running reset today. Excellent. The uh, the running reset kind of ties in nicely with what we're talking about today, which is sort of like how to start something. Where do I start? Yeah. What do I what do I do? I'm trying to do this new thing. I, I'm trying to I don't know whatever it is. Maybe you just signed up for a race and you're like, okay, I've been doing this for you know consistently for the last couple of months, but now I've signed up for a race and I got to up my distance. Or I've signed up for a 5K. And I want to make sure I can go faster than the last time I, I ran a 5K. Or I just I want to actually consistently run three or four days a week like whatever that that thing is that new thing that you're going for what do you do first Mm -hmm. yeah and you know when runners typically come to us a lot of times one of the first questions that we ask them is what do you want to accomplish in the next 90 days okay we we um, tend to operate in 90 day training cycle. So we ask our athletes when they're, when they come into our coaching program, what do you want to get out of the next 90 days? You know, do you want to train for a race? Do you want to establish more consistency? Do you want to build your strength and your mileage? Like what, what is it that you want to accomplish during this time? Um, and it really kind of comes down to like, do you want to run faster or do you want to run farther? And so many times we're like, well, 
the the people will say, well, you know, can I do both? Yeah, like eighty percent. I, I want to do both. Eighty percent of the responses yeah. <laughs> are, can I do both? And it's like, well, I mean, sort of. Sort of. Because you can really you can choose anything you want. Like, okay, there's options A or option B, and very often people choose uh, I'd like C, all of the above, mm-hmm. and you can totally choose that. But it sort of it reminded me as, as I was writing this outline, they're paving the road by our house. And when they pave they're it, always paving something. They're always paving something. Um, but when they pave the, the big road, they paved all of the inner lanes first, mm-hmm. and they paved like a mile and a half stretch. Yeah. And then they ripped up like the second lane, and then they paved a mile and a half long stretch of that, mm-hmm. which makes a lot more sense than just ripping up like all three lanes. And then just paving a very, very short stretch of that. And mm-hmm. then having to rip up all three lanes and pave another short stretch. They did a really long path and made it all nice and smooth and pretty. And then they came back the next day and did a whole nother big long path. So I feel like if you just pick a path, you can cover a whole heck of a lot more distance or improvement to your running ability mm-hmm. if you just stay on stay in one lane at and a why time. Do you, why do you think that makes more sense for them to do it that way? It depends on what you're trying to get out of out of the progression of your running. If mm-hmm. you're trying to see more progression. No, I mean the like road pavers. <laughs> oh, the road pavers? Yeah. Convenience. Because then you only have to knock off one lane and you can leave the other two open for driving. Mm-hmm. But also, and like I, I was thinking about this as you were um, as you were talking right now. It's also, if you think about the machinery that they use, it's probably not easy to turn those really big machines. Like the machines that like rip up the road and the machines that like go behind and repave it. Yeah. Turning those things and maneuvering them is probably not that easy. Probably so it's not. probably more efficient and easier to just go in that long path for a longer distance of time. I was watching them one night. They were setting up for in preparation for it. And I think I found the job that I would most prefer out of how to pave a road. Ooh. Yeah. It's, Which uh, guy would I be? Not, not which guy you would be. I don't no, know. You, you. Could, you that's, yeah. that's the question you're asking. Yeah, my own. Which guy would I be? He was sitting in the back of the, the lead truck, and his job was every 40 feet or so, he took another cone out of the back of the truck and had to drop it on the ground and make sure that it didn't land and fall over. Mm-hmm. He had to make sure they all hit the ground and, and stayed upright. That was, yeah. his, that was his gig. Why would you choose that? Then you're not covered in tar. <laughs> <laughs> he was in front of the machinery. It just seemed like the smoothest of jobs. Just you just get to drop the cones in. Oh, I think I'd want to drive one of the big rigs. I I drove around one of the big rigs on a different night. It does not smell nice. I don't think I want well, to be up on no, top of I this. Mean, I don't. It's not. A, yeah, I don't really like the smell either. No, they don't. But the, but the power behind one of those big rigs would be kind of fun to experience. This is why you like your big SUV. And it's not even that big of an SUV. It's, I mean, it's a Honda Pilot, but like, I do like a bigger car. Yes. I am not a fan of the little cars. <laughs> so, all right, back to what were we talking about? Like, so if you want to run faster or far, farther, right? You can do both. But like Kevin said, when you choose one lane, when you stay in one lane and on one path, it's more likely that you're going to get further faster. Or faster, sooner. Yes. Right? Like, you're going to achieve that goal more efficiently if you're just focused on one thing. Right. And it might be a smaller goal, but you could get to the the end of that goal and then move over. So you could, like, improve your stamina and then work on improving your speed and then work on improving strength and then go back and improve stamina. Well, yeah. And that's the whole concept behind our training cycles. Yes. Right? Like, not just our training cycles, but a lot of coaches. Training cycles in general. Training cycles in general, right? Like, they... There's a different focus for each training cycle, and that is the point. And when you layer those on top of each other, that's when you get, you know, massive results. Uh, the compounding interest. Right. So you could, in fact, try and, you know, essentially pave all three lanes at the same time. You're just not going to be able to progress as far. The trade-off of doing all the things at the same time is likely a trade-off in time. Mm-hmm. Is It might just take you a lot further to start seeing results across the board. You're going to see smaller results mm-hmm. because you're trying to do multiple things simultaneously. Yeah, and the one exception to this are new runners, okay? Like, yeah. Basically, you know, when you're a new runner, if if you're a new runner, like you tend to progress in all areas all at the same time because it's new stimuli. So your body is responding. Our bodies are amazing machines. And um, it's actually the same kind of funny. Like I was listening to um, a coach that she coaches people on like weightlifting and macro counting and those kinds of things. And I'm always liking to expand my knowledge. And she was talking about body recomposition. Like, you know, she also 
when she coaches her athletes, it's the same thing. It's like, do you want to build muscle? Are you trying to lose weight right now? Like, what is the goal of this cycle of, you know, macro counting or like, it's not dieting per se, but, um, you know, you have to have a different, different goals. Cause everybody wants to like lose weight. They want to lose weight and build muscle at the same time. And she's like, the only time that you can re- really do that is if you are brand new to this whole thing. Like if you're brand new to weightlifting, if you're brand new to macro counting, then a lot of times you can do what's called body recomposition where you are losing fat and gaining muscle at the same time. But if you've been working out for a while, usually you have to choose one. Like you have to choose, okay, this cycle I'm focusing on fat loss or this cycle I'm focusing on building muscle. Like it usually is one or the other. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. Right. It's difficult to simultaneously build high end speed and drastically increase your stamina because they kind of work different Mm -hmm. uh, metabolic systems. essentially. And same thing with muscle building and fat loss, because if you're trying to lose fat, you have to be in a calorie deficit or an energy deficit. And if you're trying to build muscle, you should be in a calorie surplus, right? (laughs) Because your body needs those nutrients to actually build the muscle. And this is where so many people end up on this diet yo-yo cycle and also um, injured, right? Because they're trying to lose fat and build muscle, but cut their calories and you can't build muscle because when you're effectively building muscle, you have to effectively break that muscle down, right? And when you're breaking the muscle down and cutting calories so you're not replenishing with your body with what it needs to rebuild stronger, that's where people get injured. Right. So every time you go to work out, you're literally putting cracks into the brick wall, but instead of then supplying it with more bricks, you're not... You're just taking the bricks away. Mm-hmm. Like you're not providing any extra material, building material to right. build the wall stronger. Exactly. So it's very important for you to get clear on what you want to accomplish first. What is the priority? And like we said, you can do both at the same time if you really want to. It's just going to take you a lot longer in, in most situations. Right. But so my argument to... And it's not going to be as effective. It's not going to be as effective, but if you're enjoying yourself and you're happy yep. and you're not getting hurt, by all means, that that might be your plan. Yeah. Maybe you do all the things all the time because if that's what is keeping you healthy and happy, you go do what you want to do. Right. And so maybe you don't care as much about progress per se. Like maybe you're okay with that slower level of progress, right? Mm -hmm. Little, little baby steps of progress. You're totally cool with that because you are just enjoying the heck out of your plan because you like putting in some speed days. You like putting in long distance runs on the weekends. You like putting in kickboxing. You like putting in strength training. Like this is how I operate, you know, and I will be completely honest with you guys. I like doing lots of different things. I like doing yoga and strength training and running, and I just like feeling strong and fit. That is my ultimate goal. Is it cool for me to run a faster half marathon time? Sure. Is it cool for me to run a faster 10K? Yeah, sure. Why not? You know, but like that's the, those numbers are not the be all end all for me. As long as I am feeling good in my body, if I feel strong, if I feel fit and in shape and I'm able to like go out and play kickball with my kids and not get tired or winded like we did today. Like these are the things that that's why I run. Right. And so I really run to be healthy and fit. And so am I as fast as I could be? Probably not. Right. Because if I were to arrange my training in a different way, in a different structure, I could probably be faster than what I am right now. Yes, that's a true statement. And if I change the way that I strength train, I could 100% be stronger than I am right now. Right. But I am strong enough to run the way I want and go out and play kickball without mm-hmm. ripping my hip as I try and kick the ball. Like yeah, I, like you did two years ago? 100%. Like <laughs> I went out and played and I kicked hard because you kicked really, really hard down the street. And so I wanted to show that I could also do something similar. <laughs> Maybe not as, as much because my whole foot-eye coordination is probably not the same as yours. But I'm like, I'm going to kick the ball and I'm going to kick it really hard. And I didn't rip myself. So that was good. That's a, that's a, that's a win. So which, which direction should you go? Okay. Like, so number one, pick a direction. Okay. Pick what you want to gain from that. So now we're going to kind of go through three different areas of like kind of where you might want to focus if you are trying, you know, to start a new training cycle. Okay. So the three options that we want to talk about today are focusing on strength first, focusing on speed first and focusing on stamina first. Perfect. Excellent setup here. So strength first, 
We work this with a lot of athletes that come in with us because there's some really good benefits. One of the biggest ones is it reduces your injury potential. Yeah. Or it ends the injury cycle that a lot of people come to us of, I've been off and on hurt and consistent runner for the last eight years. Can you end the injury part and make it just the consistent part? Strength first is a good option on this one. 100%. And this is one that most runners have a hard time doing. I will be honest with you guys. Like, And it's really what most runners should be doing. And it's what most runners, we try to kind of like suggest this to a lot of runners that come into our program because we talk a lot about building that running foundation, rebuilding the running foundation, which is phase two of our, uh, for our training method, our real life runner training method. We have four phases. Phase one is all about reprogramming your thinking, right? Starting to think in a different way that's going to support you as a runner and support your training and what you want to gain and the goals that you want to set. And phase two is rebuilding the running foundation because so many runners just start running and they don't think about strength training or mobility work, or they don't think about, um, warm ups and cool downs, and they don't think about fueling their body well or hydrating well. And they kind of think about those things later, right? They just kind of go out and they start running. And that's what leads so many runners into that cycle of injury or into getting hurt or getting exhausted and just feeling drained all the time, right? So by focusing on strength first, what you can do is set the foundation for later volume or speed increases. So if you got into running because you want to be a runner and this isn't just like one bucket list item that you're checking off your list and you want to say like, Hey, you know what? I really enjoy this running thing. And it's something that I'd like to do for the rest of my life. Then what are you in a rush for? Right? Is it, wouldn't it be a better idea for you to spend three months, like the first three months on a a training plan that's going to build your foundation so that later when you want to increase your mileage or you want to increase your speed, your body is going to be so much more ready to handle that load. Yeah. So the whole idea of setting a foundation, uh, you point out that a lot of people that get into running a little bit later in life, kind of just skip that part in general. Mm -hmm. There just is no running foundation to it. And then a lot of people that get into running earlier in life through like a high school track or something like that, they think of foundation as base building and base building simply involves much, much higher mileage. Like that, that's all that it is. Right. And that's definitely not all that there is when it comes to running foundation. Right. And that's one of the reasons we call it the foundation and not just the base. Right. Because like you said, a lot of people, when they hear your base, they think base building equals mileage and that's it. But your running foundation is a lot more than just the mileage. Right. And so strength benefits, besides just setting the foundation for your volume and speed increases, it has its own benefits just on focusing on strength. There's a reason why a lot of people as a primary means of getting in shape and being healthy and fit is strength training because there's lots of great benefits. The boost metabolism, increase lean muscle mass. If you're going to try and increase your speed later, strength training will definitely aid in the coordination of muscle recruitment, which I totally stole from you, which is the whole idea of if you put a bunch of rowers into a boat and you get them all to row simultaneously, which is what your muscles are. Like a single muscle is not just one fiber. There's hundreds, thousands. What am I looking here? Millions. Millions of fibers inside. If you can get all of the muscle fibers firing simultaneously, you're going to generate a whole heck of a lot more power, which makes running faster actually possible. Right. And, And so when you improve muscle recruitment and lean muscle mass, you're also going to increase your power, your ability for your body to generate more power. And when you can generate more power, you can then generate more speed and you can run for longer distances when you have more power behind you. And that's why all of this is so important and it all works together, right? Strength training is not just about decreasing your injury risk. That is a huge benefit of it, but it will actually improve your efficiency as a runner. And it's also going to help running feel a lot better, right? Because your body, when your muscles are stronger, they're able to hold your body up in a different way, right? And so if you've ever experienced like, you know, upper back pain or lower back pain or neck pain or something when you're out on the run, or you feel like your legs are just like achy or super, super heavy, if you focus on strength training, that can really help all of those sensations to 
feel better when you go out on your run because if your muscles are stronger and you have more power and more metabolism and more muscle recruitment, your muscles are not going to fatigue as quickly, okay? And this is what we like to call, um, say, like, helping your muscles become more fatigue resistant. We want to, you know, improve the body's ability, the muscle's ability to get or to resist fatigue, to resist wearing out on us, right? So that they will last longer because there's a difference between cardiovascular endurance, which is like your heart and your lungs versus muscular endurance. Those are two separate things. Like they're related, of course, but they are two separate things. So you could have amazing cardiovascular endurance, but your muscles might fatigue. And that, so when you increase the ability of your muscles to not fatigue as much or as quickly, that's going to help you feel a lot better when you're out running. Yeah. You can sometimes tell the difference between whether you're hitting cardio fatigue or muscular fatigue. If you try and run up a decently steep hill, Mm -hmm. obviously you're going to start breathing harder, but what makes you stop running up the hill first? Is it that you feel like you can't catch your breath or that you actually can't pick your foot up off the ground anymore? Yeah. yeah. All right. So how do you know if you should focus on strength first? Um, number one, if you have a longer time window that you're working with, it's a great idea to put in a strength building cycle first. So say you have a marathon, a half marathon, whatever distance, a 10 K doesn't really matter what kind of distance it is, but say you have a race that you are shooting for and it's nine months away. Three months, if you put three months of strength building in there, that is a fantastic idea because you can still be running during this time, right? Just because we are focused on strength doesn't mean you're not running at all. I mean, some people might, you know, really significantly decrease the amount that they're running and focus more on cross training and other things, which is fine. But you can still be running during this time and kind of just maintaining your running mileage while focusing more on the strength building. So if you have that longer window of time to work with, it's a great idea to spend the first three months building that strength. Or if you have a history of injury, okay? If you are currently dealing with a running injury or if you have a running injury in the past that is one of those injuries that just kind of like randomly likes to pop its head up every now and then, um, it's a great idea for you to focus on strength, especially if you are trying to ramp up to a longer race. Yes. And so a good example of this was there were a lot of pro runners back in 2020 at the start of the pandemic that were trying to figure out, oh, wait, now what do I do with all of the races suddenly canceled? And they were able to flip their training instead of always being essentially in race prep mode to have this part where they just maintained their running mm-hmm. and were able to focus on strength and try and heal up these injuries that they've been trying to just like keep just slightly off to the side mm-hmm. for the last who knows however many years of their pro career. Yeah. And you saw people breaking ridiculous records. Oh, yeah. And this was the coolest part of it. You know, like you saw a lot of um, the pro runners during those early pandemic times, like focusing on the strength. And then they were kind of like, okay, well, we need to start racing again, right? Like we need to start getting back into race training mode. So a lot of them would set up like solo races, right? Like team time trials, team time trials, or just like um, a dual race or something, right? Where they're just going head to head against like one or two other people. And they were able, but the the team time trials were really, really fun to watch because a lot of those, they work together to try to set a certain record, right? So the team would all kind of work together and they would just kind of choose the runner that would get the record. Right. So then like the team would work together and the milers on the team would set the pace for the 5k runner or the 5k runner would be like, all right, I'll go all out and try and open the opening 800 of your 1500. Mm -hmm. Like it was phenomenal to watch the team because everybody wins at the end of it. Yeah. So the beginning of the pandemic, there were no race at all. And then towards fall and into winter, suddenly people are like, all right, let's do something. And they started setting up these very cool things, but they had all recovered from their injuries. Like pro athletes, because they have to like ride the edge all the time, I feel like they're always slightly injured. Yeah. And we've got probably several people, like I'm sure plenty of listeners right now that are all in a state of, well, I'm not actually hurt, but I don't know if I'd tell you that I'm 100% healthy because there's a lot of runners that kind of live in that spot Mm -hmm. of, I want to be able to keep running. So as long as I keep my mileage here, that injury never flares up too much. Yeah. I've done it before. Yeah. You know, like there's time, there are times where like my body is just achy, right? And it's just constantly achy and it's not a fun way to be. And so this is one of those things that, um, 
you might want to take some time off too, right? Like yeah, sure. you might want to take some extra rest days or an, a down week or two down weeks, right? And actually allow your body to start recovering if you don't have a big race on the schedule. And I think it's one of those things that is hard for those of us that are lifestyle runners to do because running is a part of who we are. And we talk about this all the time, like owning the identity of runner, owning the identity of real life runner. And so we don't want to take time off because we like running. We like the physical benefits of running. We like the mental benefits of running, right? Those of us that use running as a way to clear our heads, like we don't want to not run, but sometimes that's what our body physically needs. And also this strength building cycle, right? Rebuilding that foundation to help set you up for future success. All right. So that's a lot of, of benefits and, and good reasons to start strength first, but you don't have to start strength first. You could aim a focus on speed as the first thing that you want to go into heading into a new training cycle because starting with a focus on speed has plenty of its own benefits mm-hmm. all right so one of the biggest is how i hooked you into running in the first place yeah <laughs> Fun. Yeah, it's fun to run at all sorts of different paces. You can come up with so many different workouts Mm -hmm. of all sorts of different effort levels. Just because it's speed doesn't mean that it has to be all out speed. It could be medium pace, kind of a 5K pace, a 10K pace, or it could be super fast speed. You can mix it up all over the place and that variety is just fun. Yeah, it is fun. And this Kevin's not lying. This is exactly how he got me into running because gotcha. I, I used to hate it. Like, I will be very honest with anyone who asks me, like, yes, I'm a running coach now. And yes, I used to hate running. <laughs> like, it's kind of fun that way. But running was always punishment for me, you know. And it, it was when Kevin first introduced interval training to me and I knew that I could run at different paces and I didn't have to feel like I was slow all the time on every single run and just get bored with what I was doing. That's when I actually got more hooked to it. And I was like, okay, well, what does he have planned for me today? Right. It was kind of like exciting to see what workout you had on the schedule for me every day. I think that's what you hated tempo run so much because it was, it was speed, but you weren't allowed to change the pace. Now you've come around, you're, you're fine with them. But I think that was part of the, your initial holdup on those is that there wasn't a constant change of pace, which you can get out of so many different speed Mm -hmm. workouts. So depending on what intensity you're running at high medium low like whatever intensity you're going there's all sorts of different physical adaptations you can make tons of so i i I tried to list out some of them i'm sure you can add several to the list um increased blood flow uh better oxygen uptake glucose usage lactate lactate usage clearing out fatigue byproducts uh, buffering your fatigue byproducts and because we live in florida always dealing with the heat Mm -hmm. is accentuated on on speed workouts well it depends on how you do it yes but yes yeah because a lot of times when you're doing speed workouts you're doing intervals you're doing shorter faster intervals so it allows more of a recovery period within the run and that's going to allow your body to make different adaptations too like the speed itself will help your body make more physical adaptations which some of those we talked about in our last section of focusing on strength like improving muscle recruitment improving speed improving power those things you also get from focusing on speed first which will then translate over into improved muscular endurance when you're doing longer runs now will it transfer directly no it's an indirect benefit of speed work right when you improve the muscle recruitment your body's ability to bring more muscle fibers in and bring more muscles into whatever activity you're doing yes your muscles are going to fatigue less but you still do have to build distance specific speed and endurance and some actual direct strength training like you can't ignore this is the thing all these are like where do i start my focus yeah none of them ignore the other aspects not at all and you're still incorporating you know at least we believe that you should be incorporating all things at all times but just in different ratios yes um but this is the other thing um that you were talking about you can't just ignore strength which is true because a lot of runners will tell you that you can build strength by doing hill workouts. Sort of. Right? But that but you've heard it before. I've right? tried it before. It's one of those myths out there is that like, oh, as a runner, like, you know, and it's not a lie, you know, you do build strength when you're doing hill workouts, but you're not building strength in the same way as some other strength training workouts that you may or that you should be doing i mean it's a remarkably old philosophy i feel like that leans all the way back to Lydiard. Mm-hmm. like he opened with a huge amount of 
like we'd call it easy pace, but it kind of gets misinterpreted. But it was a it was a large block of very very high mileage of fairly easy paced running, and then he followed that with his hill phase, which was running up hills and bounding up hills, and everybody skips the bounding up hills, and they're like, but I think that that's where you could instead of strength training you can run hills mindset came yeah, from maybe. i think it came from lydiard's bounding face because that I was essentially see, the strength training portion I, of it i want to see runners sidestepping up hills the if you can that some of that lateral work the sidestepping up hills and full-blown bounding up hills is a remarkably difficult workout i'm sure but it doesn't replace strength work. It does not replace certain aspects of strength workout. It replaces like plyometrics because that's essentially what it is. It's plyometrics on an incline. Right. And plyometrics are a very important part of building strength and speed and power and all of those things as well. Okay. So when you're building speed, one of the best benefits of this is the, the faster your fastest pace becomes, the easier your easy paces feel. Like if you can run for like just easy numbers, let's say that you can go onto a treadmill and you can crank it up to level 10 and you can run at that. That's your fastest level you could run at. Then you're going to dial it back and go at eight. Eight doesn't feel that bad because you were just going all out at 10. But if your all out level is nine, when you have to dial it back to eight, that's still remarkably close to your all out level. So I feel like the higher you can push your ceiling by focusing on your speed, essentially, if you keep getting your fastest levels faster, your easy levels become uh, a smaller percentage of the fastest that you can run. Ah, that's what that sentence means. I just read one of the sentences in Kevin's outline, and I was like, what are you even trying to say here? But now that you explain it, it makes much more sense. I mean, it's technically English words I use. I'm not sure it was appropriate grammar. This one goes to 11. That's that's the metaphor that I'm going for. Right. I mean, so if, if it goes to 11, then 8 doesn't sound as loud. But right. if it only goes to 9, 8 is very loud. Yes. Right. I, I understand the, the concept. Like... So, and it's true, right? Like if you are able to run a mile at six minute pace, then all of a sudden eight minute pace is a significant pullback. But if you're only able to run a mile, uh, like if your fastest mile is 730, then eight minute pace is going to feel a lot harder because it's so much closer to whatever your max mile is. Yes. When I got into coaching, this was what the head sprint coach, that was his general philosophy is let's throw a lot of speed at everybody and make sure that everybody can essentially, I mean, he was the sprint side. So he was trying to get everybody's hundred and 200 as fast as possible and then pull back from that. Some people were 200 meter runners. So that was their key. And then other people, if they were like an 800 or a mile, they'd still try and get their tuner as fast as possible so it felt like a pullback to only be running at at mile race pace even though mile race pace is still really really fast and you have to hold it for a longer duration of time exactly right so there's different philosophies but that is one of them and that's one of the reasons that you and the sprint coach disagreed so much on training philosophy it's not that his philosophy was wrong no he just just didn't like it it's just i approach the training from a completely different perspective i get the training i understand understand the principle behind it. I can explain the principle and I think that it, it, it has benefits to it. Like it works well for you because it adds greater variety. Like if you came out to run track for me and you wanted to be a miler and I said, great, I'm going to need you to run 45 minutes, nice and easy, three or four days out of the week, you would quit the team and <laughs> go find a ball sport to play. I mean, I probably wouldn't at this point in time where I am. No, but, but when you were in high school. hundred percent. Right. Yeah. I don't think my dimples would have saved me at that point in time. You're still <laughs> going to, you're going to go find a ball sport to play. If I'm like, just go easy running, it's not <laughs> yeah. going to go well. It's not going to go well. Yeah. So when would you want to focus on speed first? Okay. Like if, if you want to start a new training cycle and you want to focus on speed, how do you know if this is the right choice? Well, this might be a good place for you to start if you are coming off of a high volume plan. So maybe if you, if you've just done like a marathon or a half marathon or something longer, and you kind of need a break from some of the longer distances, whether that's physical or mental or both, right? I mean, because there's a lot to be said when you are in marathon training mode or half marathon training mode and you're going out there every Saturday or every Sunday and doing those long distance runs that takes a toll on you both physically and mentally and on your family and on your family. That's a good point too. So if you are, um, finishing up 
that cycle, maybe you want to focus on a shorter race. Maybe you want to focus on a 5K or a 10K. Maybe you have just been avoiding speed for a long time because you've used that marathon as an excuse to avoid speed, right? 100%. There's, there's a lot of people that do that that don't <laughs> like speed work, right? And so they're like, well, I'm just going to sign up for another marathon because then I could just keep running those longer, slower distances. <laughs> maybe I'll sign up for like a 100-mile race and I don't have to worry about my 3K rate paces. Kevin like was all about like, hmm, maybe I'll try for like my mile PR and he was like nope that workout sucks how about I just go for longer I mean I really I was gung-ho to see if I could I mean this was a few years back like I was in my mid upper 30s and I'm like can I run right now as fast as I ran my mile PR senior year of high school and I tried two workouts that I knew would help me in that direction. I really wish you would have like stuck to it. I, I was two workouts in and I'm like, oh, this is why I hated running and training for the mile. <laughs> like even when I was in high school at the time, like the longest distance you can run on the track in the U.S. and unless you're like crazy and do like the national caliber meets is a two mile. It's eight laps of the track. Coach signed me up for that every single time. And then sometimes he would put me in the half and I would give him dirty looks. Mm -hmm. Like I hated running anything that short because the, the workouts required to run that fast were so painful they for me. They are painful. They're painful, but then they're done. Like that's the benefit of them. Yeah. That's why some people can really enjoy those workouts. It's like it's yeah, high that, end speed, but but then recovery. That's what I like about them. I'm yep. like I'm gonna pick a hard workout just because I can walk. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like walking today. So if I go faster in my on periods, then I'm gonna have longer walking breaks. Right. On the other <laughs> hand, I I did like a six mile steady state this morning because right. that was that's what was my like. You know what? I'm feeling okay. I don't want to do anything crazy. Why don't I just go six mile steady? eight mile overall like that that's my comfort zone there you go so that might be a reason you know to kind of change up what you've been doing right and challenge yourself in a new way maybe you like the variety like me if you like having different workouts and not having to focus on longer slower distance all the time or the tempo runs or the steady state runs like Kevin was saying and you like to kind of mix it up and try different workouts you might want to focus on improving your speed um, and then if you are someone that likes to kind of see quicker wins then you might want to focus a little bit on this option, especially if you've never done it before. Yes. Because if you've never done it before, if you've never actually done speed work or really tried to improve your speed and all of a sudden you start incorporating speed work, number one, you might find that you really enjoy the heck out of it. And number two, you might find that you improve and that you get faster pretty quickly. Right. I mean, there's so many people that for whatever reason, they've decided that running a half marathon is the only thing that qualifies them as them being a real runner, which not true is, is baloney, False. but they, they do this and they focus on some like longer workouts, some like moderate paced workouts, and they forget the fun of the shorter, faster stuff and how fun it can be to train for a 5k. And also very painful. Well, yes, there's certainly <laughs> the painful aspect of it, but if you're hitting these like higher speed workouts, and don't get me wrong, you should not race every workout, but every once in a while to push yourself, the workout itself can feel like a win. Like, man, yeah. I accomplished that. And you should not be taking yourself that far that the workout seems like a win on a consistent basis. That's just a recipe for burnout and injury. Yeah. But periodically, it's it's fun to do also. Yeah. I mean, I just did mile repeats last week and I have not done mile repeats in quite a long time because they're not my favorite. And just completing that workout, even though I didn't hit my pace on that last repeat, like I did three of them and I hit the paces on the first two, but by the third one, my legs were just dead. Like yep. I literally, my legs did not want to go. And so I was off pace for that last one, but just completing that was a win, you know, and it was fun to, for me to do it. Not during, but after. <laughs> no, definitely not during. There's yeah. not usually a lot of fun during the speed workouts. Yeah. All right. So well, it depends. I like, I really like quarter repeats. You do. Cause quarter repeats, you can wrap your head around the full distance. Of I, it. Yeah. I think that might be my favorite workout, but I do have like some fun during the workouts. But anyway, that's just me. There you go. I'm kind of crazy when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> right. And you're kind of crazy because you like the longer, you know, tempo stuff. That's so. also very true. I, I, different runners like different things. I fully enjoy just hopping up on a treadmill and going at like a, a solid, medium, moderate effort for 10, 12 miles. That's kind of, 
And I think most people would say you are the crazy one here, not me. I very much. All right. So we've talked about strength first. We've talked about speed first. What about building stamina first? This is sort of a classic training protocol. I already mentioned Lydiard. I knew that I was going to drop his name at least once or twice in this one is the the protocol that so many people like to come from is, well, I just run a whole lot of long, slow miles, and then whatever I want to do, I want to do after that. It's it's an old school philosophy. And it's not entirely wrong. It, I just don't think that it's... Uh, that you need to only go long and slow at the exclusion of everything else. Yeah, I would agree with that because, again, I think I find that super boring. But there are physical benefits, you know, like if you want to just go out and run an easy pace for all of your runs, you're going to get a, a lot of benefits when it comes to aerobic capacity, right? Your, your body's ability to um, process energy aerobically, which means using more fat. You, Your body learns how to burn fat when you are training at an aerobic level, which means that you have enough oxygen available for you to start breaking fat down. And in order for you to have the oxygen to break down the fat, you need to be training at an easy enough intensity. So that's where that L2, that easy running comes in. Um, and during this time, you also improve, uh, you actually increase your body's production of capillaries, which are the small blood vessels that take the, the blood into your muscles and other areas of your body. You actually build new capillaries when you're doing this easy um, aerobic base building. You improve or you increase the number of mitochondria in your body, which are the energy powerhouses of the cell you actually build more powerhouses there we go you couldn't get through the uh, the thing without saying the powerhouse of the cell i do i mean it's, i've learned that since i was 14 uh, we all have learned that since we were 14 yes and so you build more mitochondria during aerobic training um, and then you also somewhat decrease your chance for injury because you're not putting as much force through the body because when you are running at higher speeds there is slightly a, an increase in injury so i will put that caveat in for the last section like of whether or not you're choosing to start with speed if you have an injury or are injury prone it's probably not a good idea to just focus on your speed first without that strength and aerobic base Right. And then I wanted to mention that the the aerobic base that you're building where you're increasing capillary production, where you can literally move the blood better and more of it through your body and mitochondrial production where the energy is getting transferred. It's great that you have more powerhouses. It's great that you're transferring more more oxygen throughout, but it's during some of the higher intensity from the speed portion where you're actually being able to use the oxygen that gets moved out to those and yeah. where the mitochondria are actually effectively transferring energy that's coming in to like body's usable energy mm. where it actually like takes a, a glucose and turns it into usable energy. Right. And so stamina, you know, base building, this is a great place to start if you have been injury free for a while, because like we said, if you are dealing with an injury, you want to focus on that strength first. Um, but so you've been injury free and you're still incorporating that strength and you're kind of, you know, thinking about or planning on running a longer distance, a longer race, especially if it's nothing that you've done before. If you can focus on base building before getting into a race training plan and allow yourself essentially a longer runway mm -hmm. to get there, you're going to have a lot lower chance of injury as well, right? A lot of people, when they um, want to train for a half marathon or a marathon, they're like, oh, okay. They look at some plans online. They're like, okay, well, it's a 12-week program or it's a 16-week program. So I need to start my training at this date, right? And they count backwards three or four months. But in reality, if you're not currently running consistently at the place where that plan begins, you would be very, very well served by putting in a chunk of time where you build your base up to that point so that you're running. So say, for example, the plan starts with, you know, 20 miles a week or 30 miles a week. You should be consistently running 20 or 30 miles a week for at least a month before starting that program. Yep. Do you have to? No. Is it a better idea? Yes. Right. And so this is one of those things that you kind of have to look at and you're like, okay, well, 
if I want to be more successful with this training plan, it would behoove me, and yes, I like to use the word behoove. That was excellent. Um, to put in a base building cycle um, to kind of get my body just more comfortable with higher levels of mileage. Yeah, I want to take that even one step further. If you find a training plan online that's like, okay, these 12 weeks and you're prepped for your fastest half marathon, it, most of that plan, a lot of the plans use the first four to eight weeks to just build you up to being able to complete 13 miles. A lot of them will start somewhere around a six mile long run and then build up to being able to complete 13. Imagine what you could do if at the start of the plan, you were already capable of running somewhere between 10 and 13 miles. Like then you wouldn't have to worry about building and increasing all of your mileage. You could work on all sorts of other body systems because you've already built up that endurance. Yeah, exactly. So those were the three that you can really kind of choose from building speed, building strength or building endurance. But really... There's the one place that we want all of you to start. Uh, Ah, the twist. The twist. Ha ha. Um, That you didn't see coming. Or maybe you did if you know us. Maybe you did. Who knows? (laughs) But there's really one place that's more important than any of those three. So now that maybe you have it in your mind of where you want to start, we're going to throw a twist in and let you know that really the only place that you need to start is mentally prepared. You have to start mentally preparing for that next step, whatever that is. You have to get your mind on board as though you've already reached your goal. You have to start thinking like the person that's already achieved whatever that goal is. And yes, this is a part of any training cycle, whether you realize it and you're doing it consciously or whether you don't realize it and it's just kind of happening along the way, the mental training and the mental aspect of this sport is something that we cannot separate from the physical aspect because our mental side, the way that we think about ourselves, the way that we think about our training is the foundation, is the driver behind everything that we choose to do in our running. A hundred percent. If you don't actually think that the goal is going to happen, like you have to have that goal in your head in such a way that you're just like, yeah, well, that's the goal. And this is the, this is what I'm going to do. Not, this is what I'm aiming to do. This is what I'm trying to do. It's just that this is what I'm going to do. And then once you've taken it to that level of comfort with the goal, that it's not this crazy thing that may possibly happen out in the future, but it's just a thing that you're going to accomplish, then you'll just naturally take the steps, whether the step involves increasing strength or speed or stamina or all of them in different proportions. But you have to accept that the goal is simply going to happen. You just need the path to get there. Exactly, because you just have to first wrap your mind around that thing. You have to accept that you are already the person that has achieved that goal because then you know that you will do whatever it takes, whatever is necessary for you to achieve that goal. So, you know, yes, maybe you have to do strength or speed or stamina and which goes first, that's the personal question. That's what hopefully you've been able to decide by listening to this episode that we've helped you kind of understand, okay, where should I start with this goal? But you can really only decide which one goes first once you know and once you accept that that goal is inevitable, that that goal is going to happen because you are going to do whatever it takes, right? You have to accept that first you are the person that has already achieved that goal. You have to start imagining yourself as that person. You're like, okay, I want to run a marathon, right? So you have to start thinking like a marathon runner. You know, when it comes to the choice of do I go out for happy hour with my friends or do I go to bed early so that I can get up and do my long run the next morning, what choice would the marathoner make, right? You have to start acting and thinking and living like the marathoner during the whole training cycle in order to ensure that you're going to achieve that goal at the end, right? So by accepting and by kind of jumping ahead And knowing and deciding ahead of time, choosing, consciously choosing that goal for yourself, saying, I am going to complete a marathon, then you will start acting and thinking and doing the things that a marathoner would do. Yeah. So you get down to a very individual choice of, you know, what is my choice on activities of tonight because I've chosen to run a marathon. This sort of helps guide what you actually want to do. Like then if you're 
listening to this podcast right now and you're like, oh, okay, definitely what I should be focusing on right now is increasing my speed. Understand what that comes with and what goal that's going to lead you towards. If that's the goal that you want, great. Now fully sign on that that's the goal that I'm 100% committed to and then speed is the path. Or maybe you do some speed and then you follow that with some stamina. Or maybe from where you're at, you need to build some stamina first because you know, you... Um, you've got a a long runway or you're trying to do a distance that is substantially longer than where you're currently at. Like whatever the goal is from the acceptance of that's my goal and I'm fully committed to it. Then you go back and kind of go back over the points we've covered in this lesson of which would be a good first step, speed, strength, stamina, and you can kind of lay out the whole road in front of you of best way to achieve your goal. Yeah. And if you have any questions, shoot me a DM on Instagram. You guys can find us over at real life runners on Instagram. I'm happy to kind of help you brainstorm this and troubleshoot this. If you're not really sure where you should be starting, send me a DM. I'm happy to help you figure it out because it is important. But the other thing that I want to kind of mention as a caveat as well is once you decide on the goal and on the path, stop questioning it, right? Because if you are someone that is like I used to be, you know, you kind of second guess yourself and you make a decision and you kind of start going down that path and you're like, was this really the right decision? Like, should I have really maybe started with strength first or should I have really started with this other thing first? Like make your decision and then stick to it and then commit yourself to that path. Like Kevin was saying, you know, like you have to get on a path, get in that lane and then ride out that whole lane. Um, Now, of course, there are times when you're going to reevaluate and reconsider and adjust and those kinds of things, and we've talked about that in other episodes. But once you decide, it is important to actually commit to that thing and accept that the end and that goal is achievable and that you are capable of achieving that goal. Yeah, and then hopefully you set yourself up and have as much fun on the ride as possible. Heck yeah, because that's what it's all about, right? It's about challenging ourselves and finding more joy and proving that we are stronger um, than we were yesterday. So um, if you guys enjoyed this episode, again, we would love it if you were to share it with a friend or to leave us a review on iTunes because it really does help other people find our show. A lot of times, you know, think about the way that you found this podcast. A lot of you just kind of did a search on iTunes or on your podcast player and uh, one of our episodes popped up and that's fantastic and we're so happy that you're here and that you've decided to to listen to us but it is those those ratings and reviews are what help you know shows pop up and new people to find things so if you found this episode helpful please leave us a review please share it with a friend or take a screenshot and share it on social media and be sure to tag us at Real Life Runner so that we can say thank you and we can say hello. Um, And like I said, if you guys have any questions about your running, always feel free to shoot me a DM over on Instagram. I'm happy to help. So as always, thank you for joining us and thank you for choosing to spend your time with us here on the Real Life Runners podcast. This has been episode number 244. Now get out there and run your life. Hey runner, are you feeling frustrated or do you find yourself struggling with your running? Are you wondering how to run easier and get better results so you can feel better, run without injury, and actually make progress towards your goals? If so, we have created a five-day running reset, and we would love to help you understand how to train differently so that you can start making the progress that you deserve. If you've ever felt like you could use a reset button or an easy button for your running, if you're putting in the miles but not getting the results you want, if you're ready to cross finish lines with a smile on your face and arms up in the air, if you're simply not making the progress in your running that you want, it's time to start doing things differently. So inside our five-day running reset, we are going to show you exactly what you need to do to start thinking and training in a way that is right for you so that running feels easier, it's more joyful, and you start getting better results. So head over to the website, realliferunners.com forward slash reset today to sign up for our free five-day running reset. We'll see you there.